Hello out there in podcast land. This is Life on Track, the podcast all about the soundtracks of our lives and the stories behind them. I am your host, JB. Nice to see you or meet you again. I realize I haven't said that my pronouns are they, them. I would love to know some about you and maybe your pronouns and what songs you might be choosing or maybe where you're listening to this podcast. I'm in your car right now. I'm at work. I'm in bed. I'm in with a cup of coffee. Follow me at Juicebox Says on Instagram or the podcast at Life on Track Podcast. Each episode, we talk to a guest and we go through their life in the matter of four or five songs. The song categories are something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Something old is a song that takes them back to a time in their youth. Something new is a song that they might be listening to a lot now. Why? Something Borrowed is a song or artist they wouldn't know if it wasn't for a person of influence or importance in their life. Let's talk about the song and the person. Something Blue is a song associated with a hard time in life, a time of mourning or processing or loss or change. And then they also get a chance to pick a wild card song. It doesn't fit into those categories, but they really want to talk about that song. Today's guest I'm so happy to have is Grace Galatly. She is a poet and also a co-owner of Wallflower Coffee here in Portland. Grace uses they or she pronouns, and we just had a really nice talk. Um, I would have been embarrassed actually kind of editing this conversation because I can audibly hear myself smiling and developing a little crush as we talk about sad songs and poetry and art, and I'm sure you will have much of the same Right before I jump into the interview, I do want to play a clip of her reading what she's calling the title track of the book that she wrote most recently called Spare Change Ghost. Here's Grace reading that poem. At a hotel in East Nashville lives the spare change ghost, quiet in nature, watching the passing through of strangers under a red roof. Interactions subtle and slighted, little variances, small coins, scarce changes, until we are distorted. Saving up for the fallout, lingering even after it's broke. Cable television, a dull drum background, drunk anger and hangovers, expensive taxis to anywhere interesting. I never understood why you look back on that week fondly. Haunted by conflicted perception upon reflection, I'm still unsure which portion was real. Perhaps in repetition, the truth will come out because I had never experienced something as visceral, yet it was formed out of facade. I was spared by the plane ride home, a chance to leave it all behind, returning to the physical world where ghosts are mythical and I can believe what I am told. I will say this. Farewell is a long-term reforming. The memories watch me like a presence. I can sense the lingering of someone I once knew. You or me or some supernatural nearly who passed too soon. I love some turns of phrase they use in that. All right, without further ado, here's my interview with Grace Galatly. I have on the Zoom Grace Galatly, who is a poet, artist, and co-owner of Wallflower Coffee um, here in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Grace. Hi, JB. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Um, I'm so I'm so glad to like yeah finally like see you face to face um and like yeah. meet you and I, it's our first uh, time speaking I think it is I, yeah. I the only thing that I may have met you before is um upon like 
um, reflecting. So firstly, congrats on Wallflower Coffee uh, celebrating one year. Like Yeah, this, this we week. made it. Uh, yeah. It was, um, Monday was the one year of our grand opening. I, I saw, like, before you opened, I saw, like, the logo. I, I was on Division. I was like, this is cute. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's happening here? And then I ended up walking with a friend, um, which I think was either your grand opening day or some soft opening day. It was, like, an opening day. Um, I went in uh, just because we happened yeah. to be walking on Division. Was it a day. big party? It was, yeah, it was, like, it yeah. was... <laughs> That was our grand opening. That's like still to this day the busiest day we've ever had. It was amazing. Like it slammed all day. Yeah. Um can you tell me like like what what possessed you? You and your friend, yeah, Joel started this. Yeah, Yeah. Joel Flores is one of my best friends and now business partner as of the past two years now. Uh I've talked about opening a coffee shop since I was probably a teenager. Apparently my mom tells me I was talking about it when I was like 14. Um, I didn't even drink coffee back then. I don't know what else. Uh, but I've been in the industry for like five years and that space was formerly a different coffee shop that I worked up until the pandemic shut everything down. And then I also worked across the street at the bar. So I've been like on that corner for a long time. And when the space kind of opened up, uh, I made a joke to my best friend, like, haha, what if we did that? And then we just took the t- joke way too far. And then they <laughs> accepted our business proposal. And I'm like, oh, shoot, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They actually turned down Stumptown for us, which felt like an accomplishment. <laughs> it, it, what was that? They turned down Stumptown for us. Oh. Which <laughs> That's amazing. They, they had a lot more money and a lot more reasons to be accepted, but they believed in us. So that was endearing that's, that's spectacular yeah and yeah. like how is how is one year feel like was that like you said like we made it like what does yeah. that feel like yeah it's definitely like I mean I was a an unemployed barista Joel was a burnt out social worker like we had no business opening a business like it uh it's been a learning as we go and like going through just existing as humans while working 24 7 and doing things we've never knew how to do until we googled them five minutes beforehand like it's it's been so much work but it's been so rewarding like just watching the shops takes um shape and hiring on an amazing team and it's kind of like it feels I keep telling people it feels like it's outgrown us to a degree where like interesting yeah it's just because it's not just my baby anymore it's like it's growing an identity of its own like it's in its teenage years even though it's still a toddler <laughs> like yeah but I I mean like I think like um yeah just from like a complete outside perspective and I've been there in there a few times since um it, it just has a good feel and there's something about even the name about like mm-hmm. wallflower like it it just like elicits a lot of feelings I think both Joel and I kind of identify with that term where we just like to kind of be in the back like watching things and life happen and um experiencing that we just had more of a connection to like the word itself people always think we named it after something but it's it's just yeah. the word that Joel and I felt and I think that's kind of come across in the the vibe it's created just because that's how Joel and I are yeah that makes total sense and even that you're saying like uh yeah that you're like what if we did this like this is a joke that got taken too far like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's very much in <laughs> tune with the name yeah um, 
and then you all have been doing like kind of like community nights um here and there yeah um it's kind of it started in june where i just i was in the mood to perform my poetry and i wanted a space where i could do that so i invited my friends i invited one of my good friends jacob westfall who's a local musician and we all a bunch of random people came a bunch of friends came and i made a massive charcuterie board this was past <laughs> last june and we all like it's just the most magical night and they're like we have to do this all the time so i got yeah. roped into doing it once a month now so every month on a monday night we uh i choose a different like local musician and a couple other writers sometimes and we kind of just hang out it's can develop into its own thing as well yeah i love that um yeah and that's a perfect transition to talk about yeah your poetry and so you've like self-published uh three mm -hmm. books um i think yeah. that's on yeah. your instagram <laughs> it says three books by 26 can you tell us a little bit about like what poetry means to you or like why that was the goal to like to try to get three books by 26 or yeah um I started writing, I think I was like introduced to poetry, mostly through spoken word entering middle school. There was a guy in my community who did it and I just kind of got enamored with that and started, I feel like I remember the first poem I ever wrote, which was me being depressed as a seventh grader in my friend's closet, hiding from them because they were being mean, oh my gosh, um, yeah. which is just a, a good illustration of the angst that I had as a child that kind of permeated and started having poetry as an outlet and um, just writing in general, like any form of it has always been something that was natural for me and developed over the years as a skill set. Um, and then I was on Tumblr a lot as a teenager, as we all. <laughs> as we were, yeah. <laughs> as we were. Um, and started writing like really angsty stuff on this Tumblr that nobody followed. And when I moved to Oregon right after graduation, my friends found my Tumblr and they're like, Grace, this is actually pretty good. And um, from there, a few months after that, I started going to this open mic at a coffee shop in Beaverton and um, started reading my stuff in front of people for the first time. And that I feel like that's like kind of this one of the key things that changed the course of my life in a way where um getting to share that and getting to like put words to my feelings and tell other people those words and have them relate and have them like find words for what they're experiencing through the kind of deep turmoil that I processed through right. uh, poetry and just like finding out that I wasn't alone in those emotions and also just like loving the creativity of it I feel like I, I've tried to quit poetry multiple times and just cut it was, to I quit. Get, yeah <laughs> I can't get away from it it's like I can't not write um yeah. and the first book came out in uh 2018 December 2018 and it's, it's a shorter one uh and initially it wasn't actually self-published it was just um printed at Kinko's and <laughs> yeah. given to my friends um which was kind of the first time I wanted to put my stuff together so I'm like I should write a book one day that'd be really cool and my friend's like why don't you start with a zine and then it kind of turned into a book anyways but a shorter one um and that was just like such a crazy experience of all the people who loved that book and just having the physical copy in my hand was so cool so when the pandemic hit 
I was unemployed for eight months and I just kind of treated writing my second book as a full-time job. I would get up in the day and that's like what kept me going. Um, And so that ended up being published about two years after the first one. And I sent the first one through the self-publishing process in that uh, same timing. So then they were both officially self-published and then two years rolled around again and I'm like time for another one. So that's kind of the goal right now is just to be doing um, at least every two years, release something. And it's kind of a way to bookmark those times in my life. Most of the poems are written like during those two years in between books. Yeah. And in this one, like the Spur Change Ghost, I think in the description is talking about a collection of art created amidst the grief experience during the pandemic mm-hmm. yeah is there one that's that like stands out is there is is there a self is there a title uh, a, like a title track yeah title, title track yeah. yeah yeah so i started uh spare change ghost out with um kind of the story of the spare change ghost in a short way it's basically it started out as a inside joke with my ex when we were in nashville mm-hmm. and um i thought like we were in this hotel and change would just randomly fall. Like we were, we were like laying on the uh, bed watching TV and there'd just be like change fall. One time a dime fell in the shower. Like it was like, it was a random thing. So we jokingly called it like the spare change ghost that like lived in the hotel room. <laughs> and so um, I wanted to like turn that into almost kind of a short story, which ended up being a, a year later, uh, kind of the story of the breakup as well (laughs) and the turmoil of that relationship which a lot of that book is about the kind of really difficult breakup that was uh last year so yeah many many versions of grief there's grief in the pandemic there's grief in loss i multiple people i'm connected to passed away last summer um the loss of like growing up and losing your religion and the last of like family issues like there's just so much grief that's not just like when someone dies like you're anything that you lose there's this kind of like emotional response that you have and like giving space to that is I think something specifically in western culture we don't do much absolutely yeah so what you're saying is the last year has been totally chill. You didn't do anything. And like... Yeah, it was so fine. I didn't bleach my hair and run around town like a crazy person. And like um, open a coffee shop and yeah, and write a book. And yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, no. Like I'm, I, I'm inspired by that. And that's wonderful. Um, uh, let's transition into sing, to singing. We're not going to sing. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to hear did me you know, Did you know this was a singing podcast? Nobody wants that. Well, yeah, let's 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 dig into your songs. Um, uh, I I, I was love so this dis- list. Go ahead. I was so distressed picking songs. I'm like, how do I like? There's so many. It was stressed me out, but I just I just went for it. <laughs> no, yeah, I I like I recently from a previous guest, like they were saying that too. They're like, this is stressful, and I was like, I mean. <laughs> it's fine and then like like last week uh I was like trying to pick my own like I was like okay if I'm on my own podcast and I just I absolutely like couldn't do it I had a playlist <laughs> of like 27 songs and I was like oh yeah. god what have I done it was horrible. Uh, and then I was like I have 27 choices and none of them I are the ones that I want either uh yeah. so 
congrats you picked you picked your songs i got them uh let's listen to them um we're gonna start with something old um we can tell us where some, your something old is her morning or elegance by oren lavi i don't know how to say his name yeah <laughs> oren lavi yeah all right let's listen to a little bit of it glad to be reminded of it um tell me where that takes you or like what that is for you yeah so in high school i did community college uh and i like took the public transport to the local community college they have a running start program in uh washington where you can do that um and i wasn't allowed to have a cell phone until i was it was supposed to be 18 but i got to do it 17 it's the youngest kid thing um so I didn't have a cell phone I had this like old Walmart $40 mp3 player that used to belong to my brother and all of the music was his music um and it was like kind of old stuff I don't he probably like line wired most of it who knows uh <laughs> but I would sit there and like junior and senior year were also like when uh my depression got really bad and so I was like I was growing up. I was doing community college for most of my friends were not like I was working. I was just, I was very angsty. And I would re- ride the uh, bus, public transport to the community college every day from school. And I would listen to the MP3 player. And that's how I discovered that song. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. And that one, I just, something about it registered with me of like, I think it's beautiful musically as well as um, just kind of the, mundane things that he thinks about this person and how they feel like they're like fighting for the life buying a loaf of bread like right. and they just are just going about their day and it's like this no one would see it from the outside but they're just like holding on for dear life through that and i think that's how i how i felt in my mundane 17 year old self yeah yeah and i think that, yeah that is a beautiful way that that song does that um, yeah, because so, you know, the, the phrase like she fights for her life, like you go, OK, like that's this is this song must be about something huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but sometimes it is the day to day and like especially, yeah, like youth and like teenage, like that makes sense. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't like that's so interesting because that's something you didn't put it there. Like it was just what your what your brother. Had yeah, it like came up on this massive shuffle. Um, yeah. And it hit. That's that's, that's cool um is it something that you like does that when you hear it it take it pulls you back to that um or is it something you've continued to like make part of your listening I think it's something that kind of um pulls me back I have recently 
been thinking about it again more. I think I brought it back. I stopped listening to it for a while because I used it as my alarm. And then it kind of was <laughs> like, you know, never do that to a song you like. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. So the first thing like, it, initially it triggers me to be like, oh no, I'm going to have to get out of bed. But then I start listening again. It kind of like sets me into that place of peace. So I've been listening to it for the first time in many years recently randomly but um it's definitely one that immediately kind of puts me back into that place of like just the younger self that I look back on with kind of through many years of therapy I've started to look back on with compassion (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, that's the one thing that comes up every time I interview anyone is therapy (laughs) so congrats on being in therapy (laughs) same for me three and a half Uh, years yeah I love Julia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, let's, I think, let's jump to your something new, what you're listening to now. You have I Burned LA Down by Noah Cyrus. Uh, Listen to a little bit of it. You left a hole in my chest when you Another easy listening, no emotions attached song. <laughs> no, no. Just light, lighthearted. Happy go lucky. That's me. Uh, <laughs> I have a poet on my podcast right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it is like very uh word centric for me in all my music choices Absolutely, all yeah. the time because I'm Same. just a word word person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so... off of one of my like top three favorite albums that was released in 2022. Uh, the other being Dance Fever by Florence and the Machine and Six Season by uh, Noah Khan. Yeah. Anyways, that song, I remember the first time I heard it and she said the line, uh, if I gave you less, would you want me more? And I'm like, stabbed yeah. in the heart, like, yeah, need to take a three hour nap. <laughs> when she just said it and, and like, was, I literally wrote it down. I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, uh, I can't cry when I'm interviewing this person because uh, that hit. Yeah, yeah, it's rough, but I listen to it on repeat. It's maybe masochistic or therapeutic. I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I hear you. I do the same thing. I think that, um, yeah. So, like, yeah, I think like it's funny. Like, you know, I'm the joke is like, do you hand the ox cord to the person that? Uh, 
that plays this stuff which is the same as me like whatever depressing shit i'm listening to but like um but yeah there is like yeah is it masochistic is it therapeutic but like um yeah so when you like hear that line or this song like uh, yeah it gets it gets your focus and like you hear yourself in that i'm assuming yeah it's I also I put it on a playlist called uh, I've been sitting in the shower a lot lately um, and it's like other ones there's I think on Noah's album Noah Khan's album there's one where it says oh shoot shoot one second it's um, I'm in the business of losing your interest and I gain a profit each time that we speak I believe oh wow okay. so similar similar vibe of just I think something that's like a deep insecurity for me um in my experiences of like caring so much and like being so invested in something and having the other person be able to like just one day leave it with complete indifference mm -hmm. um or like when I've been getting to know people I'm like sometimes like in dating sometimes in friendship where you just like get really excited and you're like really invested in pursuing that relationship romantic or not and then like the more you get excited about it, the more they just like kind of move on. Like, yeah. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about attachment styles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, um, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yes. I, I think I've, that's a I've, very. I've issue. I have abandonment issues. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think that there, like, I think that there is a beauty to like, yeah, what you, you mean, you've had quite the year as far as like yes. the coffee shop and then like, yeah, from what you're saying about personal um, things to overcome and like for the something new to be not a relief from those things, but to be yeah. something that is within those is like significant and like makes sense yeah. to me. And I think yeah like I've been trying to talk about my breakup less because I'm trying to I'm, I'm anyways it's just a big part of my story of this past year so it comes up but um I think it was the kind of thing where like I got so affected by it like I like just like I burned the city down like so intense and then like just you cared so much that you reacted so strongly to the conclusion of it and to have someone on the other side of that like just not hmm. um like not, like just you didn't care <laughs> you uh you were un seemingly unaffected by this thing that like destroyed my life um and that's i think it's horrible to feel that way but at the same time like one of the things i learned through that process of letting myself kind of be a wreck and letting myself fuck up and kind of cope with the uh, emotions I was experiencing was like, like after the breakup, my mom's like, don't let them like see you be so upset. Like that's kind of a, a common thing with uh, women is like being told not to um, let it show. like show, show your emotion, like not to mm -hmm. let them see you cry. Like the best revenge is like living a good life post that. And I think in the long term, but, I've heard this other creator talk about it and it's something that like I feel strongly about is um, if somebody 
hurts you. You shouldn't be embarrassed that it hurt you. They should be embarrassed. They hurt you, you know, like yeah, they're the that ones like, that did something wrong. They like, they shouldn't, I'm not going to be embarrassed that like I gave love to a person and was hurt. And then I was sad that I got hurt. Like that's <laughs> actually pretty logical. And I shouldn't like try and hide that as much as, and this isn't just about the breakup, but about like other conflicts or anything. Um, one of the things I talk about in Spare Change Ghost a lot is like the best way to grieve is just to do it, like to let yourself be upset. Um, one of my good friends, Jessica, always says to grieve as big as you loved. Um, and yeah, like I, as much as it, it sucks to be in that place, like burning a city down because you're so distraught and being met with uh, indifference, like I learned a lot last year, I think, to not be ashamed of that being affected by things because it meant that I was vulnerable. It meant that I was right. open to things and I want to continue being that way. I don't want to be closed off and yeah. unaffected. Yeah. And the future connections that you make, you want to be yeah. able to, yeah. they, they're going to see you in the and living out your grief and living out um, your joy, but in a very genuine way like and that's what they'll be drawn to and like yeah yeah, i think that's a beautiful uh, way to be um uh, while we're talking about yeah connecting with people that'll lead us into uh something borrowed um in which you uh tell us about some tell tell us a song let's listen to it and then um we'll talk about where it comes from for you i just well i picked sisters by radical face right yeah, correct. Cool. <laughs> I was like, like, as you were starting to say, like, that, what I'm have going, I done? <laughs> Which I know, one I was did like, I go with? I could say it. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Do you want to yeah. talk about it first, or do you want to hear it first? Um, you know what? I just talked a bunch. Let's listen to it first. <laughs> okay. Break up. Put a beat here. Let's do it. <laughs> another beautiful song yeah (laughs) tell me uh how this song came into your world yeah i this one was one that was hard to pick exactly which one but i think the person that like introduced me to radical face and honestly a lot of music when i was in high school and kind of i think set the trajectory for what i began listening to um back before i had good taste (laughs) (laughs) uh was my older brother levi um 
and he is the brother closest in age to me. So I'm the I'm the youngest of eight kids. Wow. Of uh, six older brothers and an older sister. The one closest in age to me is about three years older than me. Um, and so when I was doing community college, like he was also doing it at the same time. So we'd like ride to school together. And he was like really into finding indie stuff back when it was just getting cool to listen to indie stuff. Sure. Like uh, uh, all these things now are like iconic, but like we're just coming out and like um, a lot of like Alt J or who else did we listen to? Um, like City and Color. There's just like a lot of things. Sure during that genre of like indie singer songwriter hipster shit like that he introduced me to in those car rides and like music was always something that we really bonded over and he being that all like my siblings are quite a bit older than me he's the one I grew up with the most like actually in my life and we were really close when we were younger um yeah and I think Radical Face has always had like such a beautiful lyricism and like peacefulness to it um but yeah Levi's Levi's the one that taught me good music yeah I mean there's nothing yeah there's nothing better than yeah I mean like I think that's like such a beautiful way to learn music it's like an older sibling um Mm -hmm. because like you look up to them in some way or you think that they're cool and like um Yeah. yeah and to be able to like hear that um yeah and this song is beautiful like in radical faces like i'm not super familiar with them so i'm excited to kind of dig in um yeah a little more but uh do you do, do you think that Le- does levi know that like he was of influence for your like musical taste and like in that world probably to a degree i think in his eyes it probably felt more just like it was something we shared than it was like something that yeah i didn't know beforehand because like he was someone growing up even younger uh like elementary school and everything my favorite thing was to hate everything he loved uh <laughs> so like what whatever music he loved was immediately my least favorite thing like I was convinced myself <laughs> told everyone like I hated oldies because he was really into oldies when he was in like middle elementary school middle school um I don't I hate oldies but he loved them so I decidedly would not listen to them um <laughs> and like yeah I just had vendettas against everything he loved and then it kind of like as we grew up and his music taste got better mine got better um started to admit to him that I liked things that he liked <laughs> and you're in the car together so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had like his favorite band growing up was uh Reliant K and I was okay. like made a whole like thing about how much i hated them i'm like uh there's three things like i like all music except for like these three things and reliant k was one of them and then like in early high school i started stealing his cds of reliant k because like they were catchy and then like i think my senior year i bought him tickets to their concert for us to go together i'm like i'll admit it they're good yeah, it, uh, a but, previous guest uh, had a Reliant K song as one of their songs. So it's like, I, I debated that for the Something Borrowed, but... Which is uh, really yeah. wild, yeah. Um, and, like, this song kind of alludes to, like, a mother with, like, a Bible and, like... And you kind of said earlier in the interview that, like, yeah, escaping, like, a religious past and, like... Uh, I would imagine 
with that many siblings yes. <laughs> like there is some... yeah so I was raised very conservative yeah. Christian homeschooler um yeah fully in that realm and so it's also interesting like something like the old one I'm like I don't really want to go back and listen to all my Christian music that was also yeah. one of the things I think when I started listening to Levi's kind of music like until then basic my favorite music was all these Christian artists and I started kind of sure. like uh being exposed to not that I was ever like limited to Christian music my mom was too into like 70s pop <laughs> to like really limit me from that um but it's just the culture I was in and so like once I started like seeing more life outside of that especially like I said like I was in community college which was the first time I was at homeschooled mm-hmm. like um I think yeah uh very religious background that um, it's been a process and don't tell my mom I haven't told my mom yet but it's been a few years <laughs> yeah avoiding that conversation <laughs> so don't tell her that you're on this podcast yes. <laughs> or I can I can make a special oh, yeah. uh, mom version for you if you want <laughs> um yeah I hear you yeah that shit's hard and like yeah um but yeah I get that like that, that's really interesting like yeah that maybe yeah through these music with your brother like literally like going to community college was your first like step out of this mm-hmm. somewhat you know yeah con- like controlled sheltered world yeah yeah um yeah that's a great song choice then because I think that yes. yeah that song is really saying that um, <laughs> and it talks about like it's a si- called sisters so it's literally about like sibling relationships and like there's that one and I want to say always gold by him um is similarly about like this kind of like sibling relationship through the like heaviness of family and life um growing up yeah while we're talking about heaviness let's let's (laughs) jump into your um something blue um yeah you have nothing more than that by the paper kites but you all of your songs are something blue which is beautiful this is, what, this is how i work too so uh, yeah <laughs> i did write an entire book about grief like i'm a big <laughs> proponent for being sad yeah um let's listen to a minute of it and then talk about it sweet december is coming round sitting people You're the truest thing in this town And I want you now Shadows from the streamlight shades Watching every word you say Never seen you look that way And I beautiful song um that i could probably listen to the entire thing with you right now but we'll, uh, <laughs> yes let's, let's jump into talking about it um yeah uh, tell us about your something blue yeah uh paper guys are one of my favorite band uh could have picked a million of their songs but i picked that one that whole album actually that's the title track and then the whole album um is one of probably my most listened to albums ever um i am 
very bad at getting out of bed. You know, like when you just like wake up and the world feels like impending doom. And so you like do your best to sleep until 20 minutes before you have to leave for something. Um, (laughs) I think that's like a lot of time because my life is very full and just there's always a lot going on. I'm usually doing stuff until like I come home and go to bed kind of thing. So like those moments in the morning are a lot of time some of the only time I end up having to myself like and with less noise and before like the momentum of the day builds up mm-hmm. and yeah just historically it's been really hard for me like I'll wake up and then like if I haven't been given myself time to be present with myself like uh I like wake up to this impending sense of doom for especially over the past few years of like everything that's gone on in the world yeah. and in my life um and so there is a certain like I think it was probably in 2020 there's this chunk of time where I would lay in bed and just like dread having to go into the world or exist like you know get out of bed and like be a person and like the longer I could sleep the longer I could like keep myself in this little bubble the less I would have to exist. <laughs> um, so it's really dark, uh, but you know, depression. I, I, yeah, uh, I mean, I relate <laughs> to all this. <laughs> um, and so absolutely. I think it, there was this chunk of time where I would just sigh because I knew that I needed to get up and I would put on that album and something about it. I, I don't know if I like, I think you can Pavlov yourself with certain music to like have a certain reaction. So with that, it would just, set my body into the state of rest and like kind of peace and that was like what got me out of bed was like I put that in probably the first like three to four songs of it and then I'd like feel like my body went to enough of a a rest mode that I was able to like get out of bed and experience like be brave enough to experience the world kind of yeah um I don't yeah it's not even like as much as the lyricism of it is beautiful it's less to do with that with those songs and that album as it is like I don't know somehow it's just like it puts my body into this state of rest where it's even till still sometimes if I'm having a really hard time getting out of bed I put that on and my body will just kind of be like okay we're gonna be okay (laughs) and that's like uh, that's really interesting because you're like me what you're saying is like it's like having it's having a hard time getting out of bed um Mm -hmm. and like having a hard time facing the day but the something that makes you feel restful is actually what also can motivate you to like yeah because it's like that anxiety it's that anxiety it feels like a thousand pounds and you're like laying there and just like have this weird fear I don't even know what I'm afraid of but like kind of like being that gentleness of the music of uh, the vocals everything like puts my body like takes it out of that fight or flight kind of anxiety And that's like when I could get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, no one knows this, but I'm saying it now is like the last two weeks I've been waking up to Elliot Smith. <laughs> like <laughs> I've been like telling my, like, it's like a smart alarm or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. wake me up at 11, 11 to Elliot Smith. <laughs> and like, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a similar yeah. vibe where it's like, yeah, um, absolutely. Like, I don't want to wake up to something that's like, time to get out, I got, let's get yeah. into the city. You know, I, like, I want to wake yeah. up to 
drink up baby <laughs> straight up on that you know like I want like yeah uh yeah and I think like what I'm hearing too is like something like this is making you feel seen or like understood um versus mm-hmm. like um yeah and like so it brings you peace but it also yeah. like helps you know that like you're not alone in yeah. that in that feeling or in that moment um, it's like somebody like quietly walks up to you with a cup of coffee and you're like laying in bed and they're like it's uh, gonna yeah. be okay and kind of like pat you on the shoulder like that's nicer to wake up to than like somebody for me personally uh person yes. in, in the door being like rise and shine a lot of people <laughs> do that and that like drives me yeah. insane i'm just like i want a nice little pat and maybe a little coffee and then i'll be like okay get up <laughs> i mean i think it's so fun that like i think like, i like uh like trying to like figure out like getting the, this interview and stuff too like that you like are a co-owner of a, of a coffee shop and then you're like i don't do mornings <laughs> <laughs> it is the the irony of my life is i've worked in coffee it's like I love working in coffee, but on the closing shift, like yeah, <laughs> show up at noon or maybe five minutes late, and <laughs> yeah, I need I, I need my no, yeah, morning your mornings of zero is like yeah, as your self time. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's cool that that album has been so meaningful to you. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm super excited for you gave me a uh, you gave me a wild card, um, and like I'll go into my own story about it before you share your more important story about it um is I yeah I didn't know so it's a Taylor Swift song um Mm -hmm. and I was like unfamiliar with Taylor Swift like outside of like her big like pop hits and stuff um during the pandemic and during the kind of the time you just talked about Mm -hmm. um and uh it was just through yeah a couple people in my life that were like these two out like evermore and folklore like they're different they're different and so um I remember going into listening to folklore um and evermore um when they came out like kind of like ready like kind of like to build like ammo of why this is not amazing (laughs) and then I was like fucking floored and I'm like crying I'm like oh no what have I done um So let's listen to a second of Mirrorball by Taylor Swift, uh, and then I want to hear why it's your pick. Just for you Hush I know they say 
listen to it and like I started to emotional, <laughs> so I have to cut myself off. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, tell me about. Yes. I'm here to make you cry. Yeah, God, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think at like every single one of my poetry readings that I've done so far, somebody's cried at least one person. So this is really just my joy. This is this is yeah. <laughs> thank you. No, this is this is all of my like. I would when I saw your list, I was like fucking sad songs let's do it yes. like i'm gonna oh uh, yeah but uh but go ahead yeah why uh, a yeah. mirror ball i felt like if i were to talk about my life in music it would be dishonest not to talk about taylor swift <laughs> uh i have actually been like like been one of my top artists since i think the you belong with me video came out because okay. i remember that's right when she started to get popular and like I thought it wasn't cool to like her. I'm like, no, she's like lame boy band genre. Like it was just like not yeah. cool. My friend group to like, like Justin Bieber's and One Direction, all that kind of stuff. Like I thought it was kind of this, not that. And then I watched the music video. I think I intended to make fun of it. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> and how I, she like, gets see- us. and i like see this like dorky little girl who like isn't a part of the cool crowd and that's like how i felt i'm like oh my god i love this i'm like oh no i love taylor swift yeah shortly after that it turned out levi liked taylor swift too so i felt better about it but um, (laughs) so uh yeah i've just like she's been kind of like i've grown up with her since that which was god i don't know when it came out but it's been I think I was still in elementary school and have always just loved her. And then when these albums came out, it was kind of fun to have this artist I already love kind of transition into the genre of music that I love. Yeah. Um, And the lyricism like folklore really hit for me and evermore. I liked that first. It hit more after I got my heart broken, but, um, but both of those albums are stunning and I think I picked that one specifically because uh I I'm a mirror ball girly like I that song is so uh I relate to it a lot um the kind of like the the imagery of being this disco ball that's like this globe of shattered glass like shattered pieces that are like reflecting back people to themselves and like this like beautiful kind of showy way um is something that like I feel like I've done over my life for a long time especially um like growing up like I've accomplished a good amount in my 26 years and like I have a lot of friends and just a really good like social sphere and for me there's like this little girl inside of them that's just like trying to put on a good enough show that she's going to be loved you know (laughs) like uh and like that's like all my brokenness and like showing people back to themselves in a way that like makes them feel seen and understood and like in a pretty like shiny way um yeah the lyricism of like the thought of like a song being called mirror ball like you think it's gonna be fun or like whatever and that's exactly what yeah of her it's like and that's the whole thing like this have a disco ball is a party literally it's so cool uh i love disco balls but like the kind of imagery of what goes into that like 
shiny glimmery thing being this like person that's just struggling so someone like like all these people you'll see um who make life so exciting and so parties and do all this are actually just like broken people trying to put on a good show yeah Um, yeah yeah i mean the fact that mirrorball itself is literally like broken glass (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love about taylor swift that she would like look at something that way and then not only like think of it to mean that but then to like say it in such a beautiful way that makes a bunch of people feel really seen yeah it's an incredible gift that she has it's like she's been writing a diary basically for the world yeah and yeah i think it's really beautiful yeah and i would say like to like summarize that and circle back as i I, like i love that that's what you're doing with your poetry and like um Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, for you to like really have it come to life in like reading it and doing like yeah. um, poetry nights and those things is like beautiful because yeah, you are able to like express that, yeah. what's really happening for you, but not only yeah. like have it be like well-received, but like for people to go, oh, like I'm in this too, like, or that I hear yeah. you, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's been since I was a kid like my dream is to reduce loneliness and the people I encounter by being honest about life and experience enough to the point that they realize they're not the only one experiencing emotions yeah I, I yeah like I've I, <laughs> I was gonna say I love you which is like a lot to say <laughs> to someone that I just met but like I love you in the sense of that like I hear you and like I you yeah. know I um, I feel a lot of these same things and like I think that you know that was the whole reason I started the podcast is like yeah. uh, is I want to hear and like and songs are an amazing way to get people to tell uh, their truths yeah. you know because um, yes. you have to let it you have to let some of that coolness down and be like this is the real this is the yeah. real songs yeah <laughs> yeah um, where should people find you uh, get your poetry like they can come to Wolfflower and get coffee but word where should people yeah. find you uh instagram is kind of the place to go it's finding grace 27 uh all my stuff's kind of linked from there you can buy books from me directly if you ever see me in person or they're on amazon Barnes and noble etc but you can kind of follow that through links and bios and wonderful etc yeah and then yeah and then you doing like a you do like the community night um once a month at wallflower so anyone mm-hmm. who's listening yeah. locally like uh yes. follow wallflower follow grace and like uh yeah yeah get to those things yeah, I, but- I can't believe i haven't been to one like every time i'm like yeah. fuck it's happening I, <laughs> I missed it uh i'm trying to like mainline it to be the second monday but i'm also getting a second job so i'm not sure okay. what my schedule is going to be uh but if you just follow my instagram i i share too much i overshare on the internet so <laughs> please yeah um well, this has been lovely. Uh, thank you so yeah. much. I, Thanks for having me. This has been so sweet. Yeah, I, I love this. And like, I'm going to let myself go listen to your songs and cry after we <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> after we wrap up. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Grace. Thanks, JV. You have a good one. My thanks again to Grace and for their grace and vulnerability throughout that interview and yeah it's just been a beautiful thing actually of the last couple weeks since we've recorded that editing that I've also gone through my own 
um, relational struggles. And so, yeah, listening to those songs was helping me process back through. And it was kind of a embarrassing, never ending mirror of me laughing and crying to me and Grace laughing and crying and listening to these songs. And yeah, you can connect to Grace, please do, through the show notes, has all the links to anything important that you can connect with her to. And yeah, I'm going to close out with a song on a playlist I've been making called Songs Currently Making Me Cry, which feels like the right playlist to close out on. This song is called Lights Light Up. It's by Fen Lily. And yeah, you can see how it'll all connect. I hope to see you all again so very soon on Life on Track. I love you and have a good day. sleeping on my way the pressure and the floor 